This is an echo from the past, a rerun if you will. And in this way, new listeners can catch up and old listeners can reminisce about the past. Everybody wins. And I hope you also uh, try and follow me on social media and uh, subscribe to my YouTube. I would appreciate it. Uh, This episode was released on the 4th of April 2015. And in this episode, I'm talking to my good friend and alchemist, Salasius. So it will be an alchemy episode. And if you've heard this one before, when it was originally released, I hope you'll enjoy it again. You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. This is episode number 24. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. I've started releasing more than two episodes a month. So uh, I know I said earlier this year that uh, this year I would release two episodes a month. But I lied. I've realized that I can probably do three episodes. I really would like to do an episode a week. But I'm not sure I have the capability to do that right now. Not yet. But uh, three should be fine. So uh, these episodes will come, uh, as you might have noticed already, with uh, a shorter break in between. Which is nice for you, I hope. In this episode, I'll be talking to my good alchemist friend, Salasius, that I got to know on a forum about alchemy. And we are, of course, going to talk about alchemy. So thank you for wanting to be on the podcast. Thank you for your invitation, Alex. Yeah. And um, you are a, a French alchemist. Yes, exactly. What, what kind of alchemy are you... Uh, specialized in um i don't know if i can say that i'm specialized but um i used to try all kind of alchemy um internal alchemy uh, like with yoga and uh, the laboratory external alchemy with uh, different kind of substances um I mostly work in the wet path or what we call like, yes, humid ways. Um, Even though I have worked several years before on the dry path with uh, antimony and different kind of salts, for example. But I prefer to work on, on the wet path, yes. So we could say that I'm I'm more specialized in uh, that kind of ways, yes. For those who don't know, what what is the wet path of alchemy? Well, alchemy is based on um, three kind of principles, which is salt, sulfur, and mercury. And uh, the basic principle is to make them available to each one another. So you need a fusion. And uh, this fusion can be accomplished through um, through a very strong heat 
in a crucible, for example, and this is what we call the dry path. And we have some wet path, which uses some uh, liquid mercuries, which make the solution um, of the principle at a very lower temperature. So this is what we could um, um, very quickly define the wet path. So why have you decided to focus on the wet path instead of the dry path? Um, I think it's not very uh, conscious of my part to to focus on the wet path. It was more like something that I felt naturally, and it came naturally. Um, I worked um, in my very first years in alchemy with uh, antimony and crucibles, and uh, I worked very, very hard on the dry path. But um, on another way, I found that working on the wet path was more um, equilibrating my own sphere of energies. So I found that uh, it gave me um, a balance uh, instead of giving me um, uh, what I already had in my energies. Uh, the, the dry path is very fiery and very masculine and very dense and sudden. And um, I already had these kind of energies in myself. And I found that the, probably this is what drew me to the wet path, that um, all these uh, mercuries or distillations and sublimations gave me some fresh air, some fresh energies. And um, I found like a kind of complementarity of myself in these kind of matters and um, wet path. So um, this is, in my opinion, um, a seek of balance that gave me the knack for uh, this path, yes. What made you start with alchemy in the first place? How did you discover it? Well, uh, it's exactly um, like for the wet path. It was not something conscious. At first, uh, it was seven years ago. I was saying to one of my relatives that I had no no affinity with alchemy because I could not understand uh, absolutely nothing. Uh, it was very, very uh, difficult for me to have something to grasp in this science. It was so messy. Uh, all these terms and principles and uh, hidden things. And uh, uh, it was... Uh, like a foreign language for me. And one day, um, it's uh, my mother, uh, she came back to our house with a retort. And I was very surprised because uh, I had not seen any kind of device or apparatus of that kind before and never used it, of course. And uh, I, I thought, um, what will I do with this? Uh, it's very strange. Um, so I decided to contact um, uh, a young alchemist on the internet who was um, 
working on Spagerix and things like that. And I asked him, what, what could I do with that retort? And he told me, well, you can start to distill some water or wine and things like that. And he gave me some basic principles and um, he told me to, to read a few things. So I began to distill my water and uh, to approach it like to approach this distillation like a yogi or uh, like um, like a, a magus, like because I was working a lot on tergy uh, at that time, and I found that the distillation of simple rainwater was extremely powerful to to cleanse my 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 aura, and I never felt my aura of such a lightness in it it was extremely surprising because all the energies was like super sensitive to me I, I could feel everything with my sphere of energy around me and i was very impressed and um so i began to to meditate on this process of distillation of sublimation i made some parallels with uh, yoga like like the belly of the retort is like um, where the kundalini is and uh, the neck of the retort is uh, the spine and the receiver is uh, your head and um, and like with the transfer of energy and you have to heat the mercury to make it rise and to sublimate it and to make it more uh, light and, uh, and during the distillation you have some energy that can come into the distillate and or in the vapor and and um, this is how I could um, domesticate alchemy without knowing anything about this science at first. Uh, sulfur, salts, uh, mercuries, uh, philosopher's stone. I had some concepts, but I had no tactic, uh, physical feelings or, uh, you know, I could not really grasp what it was. So it was more a kind of empirical and very pragmatic approach for alchemy. And slowly I buff another retort and slowly I made my, my small lab making some tinctures and uh, beginning to grasp co concepts from direct experience instead of just reading things. And um, I mostly begin begun my path uh, without reading a lot. Uh, it, it was it was just pure experience. I wanted to see by, things by myself, and um, and I, I think it worked. And uh, I had no no course, no lessons, no no idea of what you should begin by with or. Um, I was very free in my approach, and I think it's uh, it's a great chance, in my opinion. Uh, and, and I think uh, my uh, yogic uh, abilities also gave me some guidance, because it, it was all by intuition and feeling. Uh, there was no rationality. Um, yes, I, I think it's a, a great source of inspiration that I had uh, at that time, yoga and theurgy. It helped me a lot to approach this concept of uh, principles and spirituality incarnated 
into the matters. So what's your motivation? Why, why do you do it? Well, at first, you, I think you have a, a kind of progressions in your motivations. Um, my first motivation when I began was to understand what is a goal of alchemy. And slowly, I, I used alchemy as um, a way to potentialize my own spiritual path, like with tinctures and uh, using my tinctures for, uh, for theurgy, for example. Um, like using a gold tincture uh, in some water and making an Eucharistic ritual on it in order to, to fix the, the Christic or God-like uh, energy inside the, the tincture and the water and to drink it. So it was at first like a path of uh, accelerated evolution for me. And um, after I... I had this idea when I was younger to have my own independence and um, freedom through the Philosopher's Stone because it was when I began to really understand what was alchemy and what everything, all the deepest concepts, not, not only the first-hand concepts like transmutation and other stuff, when I began really to understand what was the real, the real deal of alchemy, I, I thought, yes, maybe I could um, really, really uh, accelerate my own spiritual, yogic, and theurgic uh, practices with this stone. And um, I really wanted to have it and to, I, I, I began to really practice the magnum opus, if we could call it like that instead of the minor opus, which is um, spagyrics and uh, tinctures and small, small things in a way. Even with, if we can't really, from my own experience now, saying that it's a minor opus or magnum opus. It's, uh, sometimes a very simple tincture can, you, can bring to your consciousness far more things than just working on uh, real deal alchemy. So I could say that my motivation right now is to con to have a continuation in my discovery of the world of nature, understanding the world around me, understanding myself from direct experience. Because it's um, I think that spirituality is very rooted in the mental concepts and very volatile in a way. And uh, some people really uh, adhere to these uh, concepts of volatility. And But I need um, this very provable uh, concepts of matter uh, evolving and proving to my own eyes and to my senses, to, to my body, and that it's uh, the, in a way the real deal incarnated into matter. And, um, and yes, and there's also a concept of reciprocity 
that I can use, for example, I, I could not kill myself to make a putrefaction of my own body, but I can use a matter that will putrefy for myself. So there's also um, this kind of shamanic uh, initiations um, with reciprocity of energies. Uh, uh, yes, accelerated evolution through um, um, an external matter. Yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned uh, alchemical yoga. What what is that? Alchemical yoga is, in my um, in my knowledge, not very well known. Uh, even even though there's a lot of schools um, speaking about internal uh, alchemy, I think it's uh, it's a misconceptions for uh, a lot of people imagining that uh, al alchemical yoga is just simply uh, yoga, normal yoga in a way. Uh, a lot of people understand yoga through the Hatha Yoga, <clears throat> which is uh, mostly stretching and um, doing some uh, salutations to the sun, to the moon. It's a very occidental uh, concept. But alchemical yoga is more rooted into the mysteries, in a way, like um, Mithraic mysteries or uh, Shivaic mysteries and Christic like Jesus Christ mysteries. It's it's not very easy to to explain exactly what's going on because um, because there is uh, not really like in the matter um, uh, an expression of, for example, putrefaction. Your, your body will not putrefy, but it's more like your spirit will putrefy and your emotions. So you will leave a concept or the archetype of death and putrefaction. And then you will resurrect to the world and being able to, to, to live life to its uh, fullest. And you will just binge the world you and all the parts of the world you need and uh, this binging will eventually lead you to to a greatest understanding of the world but also it will in a way kill you to the world and this is where uh, it, it will lead you to rising to the to the sky to the philosopher's sky in a way to the heavens and um because you have enough of the world, you don't have to to find something external to yourself in this world, because you have it all in yourself. So you feel very detached, and the world is not uh, taking something from you, nor giving you back something. You don't need it. So you will rise and and just vanish in a way in, in in your spirit you will just rise and vanish and there you in this state of openness because uh you are no more in in this way on on this planet on this plane of existence 
you will just open up and be like a virgin and uh, like a white sheet of paper. And because you are very high in your in your own sky, in a way, or in the other world, in the in the above world, uh, in a shamanic sense, you will just tan yourself spiritually. People go to the beach in order to get a tan, and you go to the spiritual world to get a spiritual tan. And from this whiteness, which is the white stage uh, of elevation, which is linked to the element air, of course, uh, putrefaction is earth, blackness, greenness or cauda um, pavonis, uh, peacock tail, is linked to the water state and like and also to the philosophical vitriol white stage as i said to the element air and elevation and the red stage is when you get your own perfect tan so spiritually you get tan by the sun god and um, the christ-like consciousness can incarnate in yourself because they you are open enough to, to receive it in yourself and to enclose it into your own salt in a way and uh, you get transmuted this is exactly like an alchemical, not alchemical, but alchemical um, process to put a philosopher's stone on gold and this gold on, which is a powder of transmutation, on silver or on any kind of base metal, and it will transmute it into gold. It will tinge uh, the whole matter. It's exactly like putting a drop of um of paint or in in some water or like a tincture in some water and when you stir it the whole water get tinged so it's an analogic and uh, from yes uh, analogically uh, kind of transmutation so your spirit will receive and incarnate this christ like consciousness um here i say christ in, not in a religious sense, of course, but more in a, in a spiritual sense, uh, in a yogic sense. I could call it also like Buddhic or Shivaic or um, or higher consci consciousness. Or uh, there's no dogma. I mean, it's universal. It's nature. It's, there's no religion attached to it, especially. So um, this is the four stages of alchemical yoga and with some practices of energies and some mantras or uh, prayers depending of your um, religion or dog dogma or even um, egregore you are following you will have some keys uh, means to an end uh, actually that will trigger some energies in your body that will bring you to these states of initiations, uh, blackness, greenness, whiteness, and redness. And back again, like the return of the Christ, which is uh, waited, long waited, uh, you, after the redness, you go back into this middle world and you can um, 
be exactly like a normal person, but with with um, multiplicated uh, sulfur. So in in a way, your soul brings into this world a kind of you are a kind of transmutation stone, if we could call it like that. It's um, in alchemical terms, of course. Um, so I was saying that with practices of energies, um, mantras, you can call forth into yourself and trigger some centers that will bring you into these worlds and feelings and emotions and states of being. And um, this is alchemical yoga in a way. That's it. You also work with uh, black mirrors. Yes, um, yes, but this is more um, an energetic and uh, theurgic w- uh, addendum to my uh, chemical works. Uh, the black mirrors helps me a lot in order to to physically support some vortexes, some doors on other worlds, and um, it helps me to. Um, how to say that? To delegate some some processes to my mirrors, and I can move around and make my rituals or my energetic processes, like blessing some matters or um, charging them or purifying them. Um, the black mirrors are just like a kind of alchemical product, also, but. Um, directed to energetical and theurgical uh, sacred work. You've mentioned it a few times, uh, but maybe you should explain what it is uh, when you say theurgic. Oh yes, theurgy. Um, Theurgy is like magic, using energies, but in order to, to make your spirit evolve and to be more pure and to accelerate your evolution in your energies. Uh, Theurgy mostly uses invocations and sometimes evocations of entities. Invocation is when you call a kind of energy in yourself and evocation is calling forth, um, summoning an entity. And it gives you answers and it gives you informations in order for you to to evolve and to heal yourself or to heal people. And um, theurgy is spiritually oriented. Instead of just magic is like for love affairs or business or or very mundane things. Uh, So it's magic applied for spirituality. And some people also use theurgy in order to have a fusion with their uh, higher self and um, to have what they call a conversation with it and then to have a fusion with their own soul. And this is also seeking um, initiations to simply uh, having spiritual experiences and uh, evolving. So this is theurgy. What is theurgy for? And you, when you talk about black mirrors, uh, it's um, what, what exactly what is a black mirror physically? 
physically it's um a slightly uh curved round shaped uh glass and um the back of the glass is painted with natural pigments black of course deep black uh with uh, lean oil and i'd had like kind of paste composed of uh, the seven traditional metals gold silver i use sometimes zinc or brass tin um, iron copper lead i can sometimes use also some um, aluminum for the uranium sphere and there's a mix of different kind of mineral matters some incenses like resins oliven and etc and coals different kind of coals mineral coals vegetable coals and sometimes if people ask me uh, i use also some um, animal coals but uh, i some i prefer to use some uh, uh, beeswax um, so this is what we call a fluidic capacitor and this matter has the ability to once paste behind the the mirror to hold for a very long time a charge of energy very very dense charge of energy and uh, the mirror is able to be programmed so with your intention you can say that um, the mirror will be opened for example on on the light of god for a, a very basic thing but you will make a vortex which is a door in the astral plane energetical plane through um through this place and the charge will in a way fuel this vortex and your intention the program which is more like the mercurial part uh, and the energy uh, component of this mirror will orientate the, the the fuel the force and it and the vortex can stand opened several days in a row uh, on the stand so it's a very simple tool in a way but it's like a swiss tool you can do whatever you want with it um so i hope i answered your uh, question yeah. you you make them yes i make them yeah okay. uh, i make them i used to sell them also um some uh, some of my friends have some and uh I have more and more clients uh, about these mirror, mirrors. Uh, mostly French people uh, used to buff uh, these mirrors. Um, but yes, I'm in the process of uh, manufacturing these mirrors, uh, always in an artisanal way. Um, it's very personal. I mean, I, I want to know people a bit before in order to have a signature of of them in in their own mirror and i saw that sometimes mirror get a consciousness by themselves and sometimes they just refuse to go uh, to this person and they will go to another and it's um, it's synchronicities uh, it happens it just happens I, I do nothing about this i feel nothing or the, the mirror just behaves by himself and it's Sometimes there is a problem, or sometimes it's—I don't know—it's 
just happening. So people can buy it from you online or something like that? Yes. Um, I have a small store on the internet, which is a Salasius store. And there they can find all the information about these mirrors, yes. And I also give um, a PDF which explains how to store it, how to cleanse it, how to open it, to close it, to charge it, to uncharge it, and to use it for different kind of um, goals like communications uh, between people, like uh, remote viewing, viewing, remote viewing, um, evocations, um, uh, scrying uh, in the past, in the future, uh, spiritual developments and energetical senses. And uh, I explain everything in this PDF with uh, the Black Mirror. What's the website you said? Uh, it's a blog. It's um, Blogspot uh, Salazius Store. I don't have exactly the name, but... Uh, I'll uh, put it in the program notes so people can click on from there. But uh, how much how much is a Black Mirror if they want if somebody wants to buy one? Um, so there's two size of Black Mirror. I have a 29 centimeters Black Mirror, which is um, the taller model, and it's uh, 100 euros. And the smaller one is uh, 25 centimeters diameter, and it's uh, 80 euros. Um, and I can add some gold tinctures inside the fluidic capacitor, which is uh, a, a very high enhancer of um, uh, holding in order for it to hold more and more energies. Um, so that's it, yeah. France has a long history of uh, of alchemists. Do you feel like you're in one in a long line of these? Like you have a heritage from all the old alchemists? There's, um, it's you know, it's a bit complicated. Um, I think yes and and no. Uh, for the yes part, I think all the all the people that are working seriously on alchemy will, at a moment or another, be in the energies of our ancestors, of the first alchemist or, or the most famous one. Um, when you go into the Flamel House in Paris, which is the oldest, oldest house of the, of the capital, uh, you feel something special. There is a spirit. There is an atmosphere, and uh, it's our roots. Um, it's something that we can, uh, that I can witness when I'm on alchemy forums, for example. Uh, there is a difference between, uh, for example, uh, Spanish, um, Spanish alchemists, uh, German alchemists, French alchemists, Italian alchemists, and um, uh, Americans uh, alchemist. It's not exactly the same tradition. It's not exactly the same energy. It's not the same egregore. We don't have the same roots. We don't have the same uh, way to think, the same way to uh, see the world. We don't have exactly the same um, 
it, it's, it's very pragmatic. We don't have the same uh, readings, for example. Uh, Germans have a lot, lot, lot of books about alchemy, uh, tons, tons. And um, uh, French alchemists have a lot also of authors. Uh, Italian one will preferably go into like uh, Gualdi's path because, or some Venetian uh, alchemy processes. Um, and it's, it, it will tinge the, their tradition, their way to think, their way to work, uh, their abilities and their language, their, the world, the, the words they will use will not be the same as German uh, will use. So for my part, for my part, yes, I'm part of this tradition. I'm, I feel it. Um, I feel it, but um, there comes the no part. Um, the no part is. Uh, I, I feel uh, I feel more international than French in my alchemical uh, in my alchemical uh, energies, if I could call them like that. Um, I feel more cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan. Uh, it's very strange, also, that some alchemists used this name. They were cosmopolitan. They were no more like. Uh, Sandivogius, which came from the Vosges, a part of France, for example, or um, <clears throat> or um, I don't know uh, some alchemists that were very uh, very in their region, in, in the place they were, in in their uh, earth, in their ground. I mean, it's like if they had some roots. Deeply, deeply rooted, very profound, where they lived. For example, we have some uh, alchemists in Normandy, and, um, and we we still read their books right now, and um, and they were very part of this region, and some were just more opened to the world, and I feel this kind of openness and this need for. Uh, uh, for the abroad energies of alchemy, uh, I I feel I can really feel the difference between uh, the regions of it's 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 no more countries it's more like um, um, vibes of alchemy uh, if I could say uh, for example Americans North Americans. Uh, are very fresh in their viewing of alchemy. They are very modern. They don't have exactly the same roots and traditions. And sometimes it can be very heavy to have all these traditions, to have all these roots, this past, these old authors. And um, and it's they they discover. You know, it's we we called it the new world, and uh, it's also the new things for alchemy. Uh, a lot of good stuff can come from uh, United States, for example, but they lack some some heaviness of the tradition, for example. And the French people are exactly opposite in a way because tradition is so rooted in alchemy that. We tend to to have 
like I don't know. It's hundreds of years of alchemy, so it's uh, sometimes difficult to get rid of um, the heaviness of it, of the burden, in a way. It can be a burden if you don't get some fresh air. Um, and we also have to see that there is something very important to consider. It's that alchemy is not just alchemy. It evolves with the times we live in. I mean, if uh, the ancient alchemists were in in the the, the fish uh, energy, uh, it's not exactly the same as um, um, how the Aquarius uh, energies. Uh, Aquarius energies is like striking our technologies every 10 years almost like waves uh, it cuts all the links i mean we had phones with link with yeah with links before and computers exactly the same and and now there's no no cable no no links no it, all is virtual it's uh, all in the waves and um, we can cook with waves there's no fire and induction um, cooking things and all this stuff, it's all waves. And uh, this is very Aquarian. And, and I think that some countries are more linked to, to the new energies and can be more adaptable to these new energies. And alchemy, of course, will be modified by the nowadays energies. And if we tend to be retrograding ourselves, we just attach ourselves to the past and to the past energies. And it's less likely to work now with very old principles and a very old way to see the world and nature because uh, scientists made us understand a lot, of course, and they had not all this scientific um, uh, background that we have now. So it's kind of also of modernity. We don't have to reject it. Of course, we have to evolve with everything that is around us. And alchemy is, al is alive. And um, yes, I was stressing on the fact that we need to be updated, we upgraded uh, to be here and mostly now. Mostly now because... Um, it's very important to be in the in the flow, in the flow of energy of what is going on, and um, and if you don't go into this energy, it's going out of the tradition in a way also because it's still accepting to make the link with the past, but also making the link with the future, um, and it's very important not to cut the link because it will kill alchemy. If it's not no more rooted into the present and what we are doing now, uh, it, it can kill it, um, or you will not evolve as as quickly as you could imagine, because you are still working with some very not prehistoric but past techniques, even though they are perfectly right and perfectly. Um, um, yes, they they are working. They they do the stone in a way, and uh, they 
they transmute and uh, all this stuff. And we don't have to reject tradition, of course. It's not what I'm saying. But we have to integrate the whole thing. And to integrate, like, uh, like what I was saying at the beginning, internal yoga, alchemy, internal alchemy, uh, theurgy, magic, and astrology also, the influence of uh, meteorology, because there is an influence and of the stars, of the planets, and of the different kind of principles inside the matter. And we have to make a whole thing, a holistic view, and it's also concerning tradition, past, present, and future, and the different kind of thinking that uh, exists in all the countries. so it's not very easy to do it, but uh, fortunately, if you don't resist uh, to some processes going on uh, nowadays, I mean, in, in the energies and all this, all the exchanges through, through internet and all this stuff, if you stay open and if you don't cling... Uh, to your old concepts, you, you can manage to to evolve and to break some walls in your mind and uh, to to be upgraded and updated. Yeah. And you've written a book, uh, have you? Yes, uh, exactly. Um, it's still at the publisher. Uh, it will pro- probably be released next year. Uh, the book is about alchemy, of course, and it's speaking about um, 68 laws or, or principles or um, very mostly important concepts um, about the way you can advance quicker in alchemy. 68 principles and they are touching all, all the various uh, parts of what is composing alchemy. It's talking about and explaining, uh, of course, alchemy, spagyrics, alchemy. Um, It's a book for uh, beginners, but also for people with more advanced concepts and uh, experience, of course. Uh, It's speaking about how you can manage to to understand uh, myth, mythology, but also how to to use some tools, um, mental tools, to help yourself to understand very hard concepts. It speaks about how to read alchemical books, how to uh, how to almost also behave in your lab. Uh, it speaks about internal evolution or internal alchemy in a way also of enlightenment. Uh, how to how to have a very good ground to to construct your own alchemy. It, it speaks also uh, of the inner evolution of alchemist of the alchemist, uh, how he defines himself through practice, meditation, the oratory works, and the lab work. Also, uh, it tries to to make a whole thing, a whole science with uh, astrology. Theurgy, alchemy, to make to to stress on this uh, trivium hermeticum, as it is called, uh, 
it speaks also of uh, a concept of mine uh, which is very um, uh, personal and very um, profoundly rooted in myself, which is uh, hermetical vision. Um, hermetical vision, which is the ability to use hermetical concepts to decipher and to read the book of nature, which is the ultimate book, which is the book of all books in a way. And uh, how to get the concepts and the keys and to understand principles before applying them to the lab. It's speaking about all these things um, more or less extensively. Uh, well, uh, I tried to make it uh, ex extensive and as clear as possible on all this stuff. But of course, it's, it's not very um, always, it's not always very easy, of course. And it comes out in 2016? 15. Uh, in 2015, mm. and uh, probably in uh, in June, maybe or maybe before, and it will first be in French. Um, my publisher uh, told me that maybe we could have uh, a translation in English, uh, which would be uh, very cool. And uh, for now. For now, this is what I know about the publishing process. Um, it uh, was prepared to be uh, published uh, last year, and um, and uh, unfortunately, it could not come out because of some contracts between uh, you know publishing house and uh, uh, distributors and uh, all this stuff. So. Um, it gives me some more time in order to rectify a few concepts. Uh, but yes, it's this year that it's coming out. Yes, I, I'm still last year in my mind. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, you said next year. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just realized it. Yeah. But um, yeah, so this year, uh, at the middle of the year approximately, yes. Um, I'm very glad of it. Very glad because uh, it's since I'm young that I wanted to write a book. And um, and writing was just a very... Uh, it was not what I could say hard, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And especially on the alchemical way to write. <laughs> um, because you enter in a very, I enter in a very special um, emotional, uh, mental, physical state, if I could say, and I just um, feel the text. And um, for me, some, some chapters uh, of the 68 chapters, some chapters are just like, like were given to me. I just feel I, I just feel the essence in these chapters, and uh, it's very dense. And uh, I think that the reader could perceive it. Uh, I hope, um, but I think there's something that is engraved in the world, in the words, words of, and in the images of the book. Um, and I hope it will be able to convey a, a new a new wave of energy 
in in the alchemical uh, in the French alchemical world at first, and then after that to to the rest of the uh, of the world. This is my wish, and I'm I try to to answer all the basic concepts and all the basic questions I often have. Uh, people send me emails sometimes, or they contact me on Facebook, and they ask me some uh, very simple things, actually. And uh, some concepts seems to be very difficult to grasp. And and I try to make a compendium and to answer all these kind of uh, very um, um, very simple questions, after all but not that simple uh, seemingly for uh, beginners and sometimes for um, most more experienced people uh, they just lack a, just a simple concept just a simple thing and it's it's it screws up all their work and it's um, it's disappointing of course for them and uh well, I, I tried to make it as complete as I could. Yes. And what was the name of the book again? Oh, the name of the book will be um, The Alchemical Quest. And I wanted to have an, un, an under title, which is uh, 68 uh, Laws in order to progress safely in the alchemical uh, labyrinth. But my publisher said, uh, I don't like under titles, so uh, I think it will stay the the alchemical quest. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, thank you for talking to me. Well, thank you for invitation. It was very great. Yeah, thank you very much. For links related to this episode, check out naturalbornalchemist.com. Now, what music fits playing after talking about uh, the alchemical craft and quest. Well, there is a video game about crafting that has excellent music. So enjoy the track Minecraft by C418. Freedom is in the mind.